your Bibles to Joshua 25, 15, please. Joshua 25, 15. And by the way, there's a little something I wrote uh, in the back of the insert on it that I copied actually from a very excellent source uh, on this verse. So you may read that later today. So Joshua 24, 15. Here, God's word. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now I've actually done a few memorial services of folks that have died that were in our congregation or were part of our or joined to our congregation by uh, blood, kith and kin, as my Irish pastor used to, former pastor used to say, my pastor, <laughs> of 25 years. The God of me and my house. It doesn't sound like good English, does it? That's how it comes out. By the way, Brother Angel would never want attention drawn to himself. I can assure you that, and you all know that. That's not the purpose here, even with a memorial service. And, and some of you were there, but not all of you. And though at his passing, we celebrate the godly life of this dear brother and faithful servant of the Lord. Now, as the title indicates, I draw your attention to the God of Angel and his house. What was true for Brother Angel is true for his house, his wife, his children, and his grandchildren. It is their God and ours that we seek to lift up. We're going to do a background check, but not primarily on Brother Angel, but on Joshua. Joshua, whose words these are and who penned these words, after all, they're in his book, that he was inspired as an author of scripture, a human author of scripture, to write. Joshua was a, was a soldier of the Lord. He was a soldier of the Lord. That's the first connection. He was the son of Nun, of the tribe of Ephraim, and his first being mentioned was at the battle with Amalek in Exodus 17, 9 through 13, which I'm going to read. Now, you may not be able to keep up with me unless you're a fast scripture finder or have tabs. And Moses said unto Joshua, and this is again Exodus 17, 9 through 13. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out, fight with Amalek, Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand, the same rod that he used to part the Red Sea. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. He was the leader. He was the general in command. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. So what do you think? <laughs> and that's a symbol of, of prayer and, and worship. 
But Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands. So they held his arms up, his hands up and his arms up. The one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. As I said, Brother Angel was a soldier for his country as well, faithful and decorated. Joshua became the servant of Moses. He accompanied Moses partway up to Mount Sinai. When the Decalogue was given to Moses, it says in Exodus 24, 12 and 13. Exodus 24, 12 and 13. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount and be there, and I will give thee tablet, the table, tables, I'm going to say tablets, tables of stone, and a law, and commandments which I have written, that thou mayest teach them. Moses rose up and his minister Joshua. And Moses went up into the mount of God. Mother Angel may not have been a minister in the technical sense of teacher or preacher of the word, but he was a minister in the following way. If you would turn to Matthew 20, 28, Matthew 20, 28, our Lord Jesus speaks about how he is a minister in another sense of that word. Matthew 20, 28. Even as the Son of Man, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. The word minister here is not minister in, in that technical sense of giving the word and prayer, but in being a server, in being what we call a deacon. The word diakonos, which means a waiter or one who waits on tables. That's what that means. That's what that means, minister. And that's what angel was. Also, Joshua tended upon Moses when he was in the tent of meeting. That's, of course, the tabernacle, where God is set, said to dwell amongst his people when they were making their way in the wilderness to the promised land. And it has, uh, in Exodus 33.11, that info. Exodus 33.11 and the Lord spake unto Moses face to face. This is most unusual. Uh, this is uh, what has been termed a theophany, meaning an appearance of God. Now, now, God is a spirit. He is spirit and does not have a body as, as we do. Okay, that's what it says in the Bible. And so uh, God made an appearance of some kind that Moses knew this was God in that form, speaking to him face to face as a man, his friend, the, uh, as a man looks upon the countenance of his friend and, and speaks to his friend. As a man speaketh unto his friend, he goes on to say, and he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Brother Angel was close to the ministry of this church for 25 years, almost. And the first meeting place of our little congregation back then in 1998 was in his home. 
Joshua was one of the spies that was sent out on reconnaissance to spy the land once they got to the promised land, once they crossed the Jordan River and entered into the promised land. In Numbers 13, 16, Numbers 13, 16, it states, These are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Oshea, that's Joshua, the son of Nun, Jehoshua. And with Caleb, another young, faithful man of God, Joshua and Caleb gave an encouraging report of the land, contrary to the report given by the majority, which was the other ten spies. There were twelve spies from each of the tribes of Israel. The two were given the privilege to enter the promised land, while the others and uh, that whole generation of adults of that generation perished in the wilderness. Look at the unbelief of the latter in Numbers 14, 1 through 9. Numbers 14, 1 through 9. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. It was not a crime for joy that they have arrived at the promised land, but a crime of sorrow. They murmured, meaning they spoke against the leadership. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, they would rather have died back in Egypt than to be where they were at, where God had brought them. Or what God had, we died in this wilderness. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey. Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly, the congregation of the children of Israel. How many times have they done that? Fallen on their faces on, on the dust of the trail. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephthah, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they were renting their clothes, not because they were mourning and murmuring and all the rest that the others were doing, but because they were repentant for their unbelief, because as leaders they took responsibilities in representing the people, even the people of an untoward generation, as this generation was, saying, the land which we pass through to search it, it is an exceeding good land. Very positive. If the Lord delight in us, that he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which floweth with Milk and honey. You can't beat that. Only rebel not against the Lord, please. Neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us, meaning the enemies. They're bread. They're, they're, they're nothing. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But 
all the congregation, they'd stone them with stones. They were going to stone the two men, Caleb and Joshua. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. But look at the faith of Joshua and Caleb in verse uh, verse 6, which I read already. Look at the spirit of humility in the service of their God and King. Look at Angel, who had such an optimism and what I would call a stick to that was excelled by very few, if any. Even when we would be a small number and would grow and then would shrink again. We're a military town, but that's not the only reason. And we're a college town, and that's not the only reason. But because God chooses to move people around his church. And that's why our optimism was not daunted by the numbers. Joshua was divinely appointed and ordained as a successor of Moses. Numbers 27, 18, and 19. And the Lord said unto Moses... Take thee, Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit. What is that? The Spirit of God, the Spirit of holiness, the Spirit who is called the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. And lay thine hand upon him, meaning ordain him, and set him before Eliezer the priest and before all the congregation and give him a charge in their sight, meaning uh, a charge is like a commitment, a call serve the Lord in a very special way, in a special office. Because the office of deacon is not an ordinary office. If our Lord Jesus said that he came to be a deacon by giving his life as a ransom for many. If the Lord Jesus even said, it was said of the Lord Jesus that he is a slave. He took on the form of a servant, meaning a slave in another place in scripture and died the death of the cross. Would it not be an honor to fulfill that office? Would it not be an honor for any man to want that office of deacon in this case? And it says in Numbers 27, 22, and 23, And Moses did as the Lord commanded him, and he took Joshua and set him before Eliezer the priest and before all the congregation. And he laid his hands upon him and gave him a charge as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. It's like a transition. It's like power. Like what transferred between Elijah and Elisha the prophet. Elijah Elijah imparted the spirit in a double portion to Elisha. Elisha asked for that and was granted that. After Moses' death, Joshua was divinely installed as leader and encouraged in his task in Joshua 1, 1 through 8. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even 
to the children of Israel. Every man that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, oh sorry, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. And God promised to be with Joshua as the passage continues. Verse 5, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This is the charge. We can see the hand of God upon our brother angel as well. How he didn't turn to the right hand nor to the left. God gives Joshua the key of true success found in verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt have Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Measure of good success or true success is an obedience to God. Disobedience to God, doesn't matter how successful you are in this life, is not in God's book a barometer for true success, which is enduring success. one thing about our brother angel he was in the word he was a man of the word he read the scriptures he memorized the scriptures and this is why he prospered spiritually in his soul now joshua launched immediately into the work it says in verses 10 and 11 then joshua commanded the officers of the people saying pass through the host command the people saying prepare you victuals for within three days you shall pass over this jordan to go into the and possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. Brother Angel wasted no time serving the Lord. Once the Lord called him, once the captain of our salvation, Jesus Christ, gave him his right orders, as he gives all of those who would serve him. In our former church, the Puritan Evangelical Church of America, once the Lord called him, I remember how he applied his culinary skills that he learned and honed in the U.S. Navy to a new group, and that is God's, of God's people. The Sunday evening, after the evening service would be our after church fellowship, we call it. He would always bring something to that. The Puritan feast in the spring, he was front and center, and before long he, he was taking over it. <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner in the fall, same difference. Birthday cakes for the pastor and his wife, 
I remember. And cakes would often be the centerpiece for almost every occasion when guest speakers would come into town to speak at our church. And when some of our own men would would speak at our quarterly uh, missionary fellowship meeting, we call it. And then here at uh, Covenant Reformed Church San Diego, I recall how he did not hesitate to be our first deacon. There was no asking him twice. I remember that trip to Sacramento when the pastor and elders from the Mother Church in Sacramento invited us all to go up there for Alfred and for Angel to be examined. It was really an examination for elders, but they said, well, just so that Brother Alfred would not be alone in taking his exam. Send along Angel, said uh, one of the elders up there, Wayne Johnson. And give him the same exam. Whoa, he was... When that came up, and that was after the actual initial invitation, when that came up, I remember Brother Angel was uh, shaking in his boots, (laughs) sweating bullets. (laughs) But you know what? They both came through it with flying colors. And I kid you not, I'm not not lying. Um, Not that I need to do that, of course, but... uh, They did. And I even remember the the scene when uh, Alfred would go first and be called by uh, the elder. uh, If I remember correctly, it was Douglas Schlegel who said, come, you know, and he was examined. And I was there with Angel, and it was so quiet, you could hear a pin drop. You could hear the church mice chewing, you know, (laughs) chewing. And then it was his turn, and then of course, we went into prayer again, uh, Alfred and I, for this brother. And, uh, and he made it. Praise God. And then when he returned to San Diego, this man who was uh, a shy brother began to pray publicly. Do you know how, how difficult and challenging that is for a shy person to pray publicly? Because you're thinking about the people hearing you, but he was not thinking about the people so much as thinking about God that was hearing his prayer. And then he had the opportunity at our next open-air service in Balboa Park, which we had once a month and in the summer twice a month, to testify openly what the Lord our God has done in making him a servant of the Lord as a deacon of the church. And I remember in his speaking, he, had, he was preaching the gospel, which, you know, of course, we, we can't help doing, you know. The first preachers in the book of Acts were deacons, Stephen, Philip, and the like. Well, I remember when he opened his Bible one time, out fell all of his memory cards, but they're all taped together, so they kind of just, you know, like, like uh, you know, in your wallet, your, where you put your ID and your credit cards, just, you know, and he brought them back together and continued preaching the word. Wow. In three separate campaigns against the Canaanites of the land, Joshua experienced three supernatural events. The first, like Moses did the Red Sea, God used Joshua to part the River Jordan, and they walked upon the dry ground into the Promised Land. Second, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joshua prior to the destruction of the city of Jericho outside of the walls. And then... Third was 
when the actual walls of Jericho came tumbling down. Like that song, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Right up to the walls of Jericho, they marched with spear in hand. Go blow them, ram horns, Joshua cried, because the battle is in my hand. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Indeed, the Lord was with Joshua, but so was he with Brother Angel. We see that in the fruit that falls from his tree. And by the way, they don't fall far, do they? And what fruit that is. To see God's covenant being fulfilled his covenant promise to Abraham that through him and his family, he would be a blessing to all who would receive Christ of the families that would be throughout the whole world and not just of Abraham's immediate natural seed. We see that in the fruit of a godly wife, godly children, one and then later the other. And then to have added to the eldest a godly wife from afar. And two beautiful and bright grandchildren. The one thing missing was God not adding a godly wife to the younger. And then there was his hand and then we just faithful witness to their oikos, which is their household or their extended family or network over many, many years. And some of you are perhaps the fruit of that witness. God's word did not return unto him void, that our brother scattered far and wide to his extended family and friends and co-workers and, and others, neighbors, and more recently those at Balboa Hospital, that even his very doctor would testify of his faith to the very end and how he would end with those scriptures and prayer, praying, no doubt, for his family. No doubt, Joshua 24, 15 was in his heart, if not actually expressed in his words, in his last prayer toward God. This was what he had on, or something like this was what he had on his door. And I remember years ago, he gave me something very similar put on mine and, 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 and this was very much front and center in his household and even in this church most of all he hid his word God's word in his heart that he might not sin against God there was one reversal in Joshua's life and ministry and that, that was the defeat at A or I I I I you know the Bible is honest when it brings up the blemishes and the barnacles of God's saints, that they're not so saintly as we might think. But I'll tell you what, those in whom the Lord by his spirit truly works will be first to own up to that. Just as God is honest in revealing this through the light of his word to our hearts and minds. And this is a lesson to teach us also that absolute faith and absolute obedience is required of the servant of God. 
That is the standard. It's a high standard. And on our own, we cannot attain unto it, but by the grace of God. Our brother Angel was first to admit that he is a sinner saved by grace. And so we see in our story, Joshua going on to dethrone 31 kings. Can you imagine that? Now you have to turn with me to this passage, okay? Please, open your Bibles. Turn to Joshua 12, 20 through 24. And there's a reason why. Besides the fact that it is the Word of God. So Joshua 12. Twenty. Should I say? Actually, it's it's it's. Uh, let's make it. Uh, let's make it start at verse eight. Okay, so verse eight. In the mountains and in the valleys and in the plains and in the springs and in the wilderness and in the south country, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Canaanites the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, the king of Jericho won. There's one king. The king of Ai, which is beside Bethel, won. The king of Jerusalem won. The king of Hebron won. The king of Jarmuth won. The king of Lachish won. The king of Eglon won. The king of Gezer won. The king of Heber won. The king of Geder won. The king of Horma won. The king of Arad won. The king of Libna won. The king of Adullam won. The king of Makeda won. The king of Bethel won. The king of Tapua won. The king of Hefer won. The king of Apek won. The king of Asheron won. The king of Madon won. The king of Hazor won. The king of Shimron, uh, Meron won. The king of Akshaf won. The king of Teknak won. The king of Megiddo won. The king of Kadesh won. The king of Jokniam of Carmel won. The king of Dor and the coast of Dor won. The king of the nations of Gilgal won. The king of Tirzah won. All the kings, 30 and don't have to add them up. It's done for you. And it says in Joshua 11:23, so Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord said unto Moses, and Joshua gave it for an inheritance unto Israel according to their divisions by their tribes, and the land rested from war. Joshua died, leaving a precious influence in Israel. As it says in Joshua 24, which is our chapter, going to it, 29 through 31. And it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath Sirah, which is the mount, which is in Mount Ephraim on the north side of the hill. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done 
for Israel. Our brother Angel died leaving a sweet-smelling aroma of Christ. What is the main legacy of Joshua? The book of Joshua shows us the faithfulness of God to his covenant people, the Israelites, to bring them into the promised land of Abraham. This points again to the importance of covenant faithfulness, covenant keep of our covenant keeping God by his people. Before, during, after God fulfills his promises to them. And that's why, for me and for my house, Brother Angel will always have a very, very special place. Finally, it's not Joshua, which, by the way, means in the Hebrew salvation, which is a name that is likened to the Greek name for Jesus, Yeshua. But it is Jesus that this is all pointing to. And so in conclusion, let me read from Hebrews 2, 9 through 13. But we see Jesus was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man, for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons or children unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him, and again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me, you see, the Lord has given his son children. And if you're a believer, you're one of them. And as Joshua was faithful in all his house, so our Lord Jesus is faithful in Which house are we if we follow the words of Joshua echoed by our brother Angel on top? Joshua 24, 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I pray that you too will do the same, will do likewise. That is what I know Angel would want for all of you to do. Amen. Let us pray. Father, bless your word that we may be encouraged. Bless the testimony of our brother that we may be further encouraged. And ourselves, Lord, to desire excellency from you, not mediocrity, because you are worthy. You are worthy. The Lamb once slain. You are worthy to have our best. To you be the glory and the honor and the praise. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing our last and parting hymn, shall we? And that's.